Hi, and welcome to That's Ruddy Mysterious, a podcast of short tales about true mysteries. What happened to the Flannan Isles Lightkeepers? Who was responsible for the Gardner Museum heist? I'm not going to solve those mysteries, but they'll be interesting to learn about. I'm your host, Kelly with an I. Transcripts for all episodes can be found at thatsruddymysterious.wordpress.com. No apostrophe and no exclamation point. Today's tale is about the Dyatlov Pass incident. On January 23, 1959, the Sviridlov City Committee of Physical Culture and Sport issued a route book for 11 experienced hikers to hike the Number 5 Trail. The goal of the hike was to reach the mountain Atorten in the northern Ural Mountains, but that never happened. The hikers would never get closer than 10 kilometers from their goal. The hike was rated grade three or moderate to hard and was undertaken during the most difficult hiking season. The hikers were all rated as grade two hikers, most having ski tour experience as well. After this hike, all of them would be grade three hikers. On that same day, 10 hikers left the Sverdlovskiti, today known as Yekaterinburg, to undertake their expedition. The hikers were led by Igor Dyatlov from the Ural Polytechnic Institute, which was also where most of the other hikers were from. The group was made up primarily of experienced hikers who were students and teachers from the institute. The group initially consisted of eight men and two women. Before leaving for the expedition, Dyatlov promised to telegram his sports club as soon as the group returned to Vizai. This telegram was expected to come no later than February 12th, although Dyatlov thought it might take longer. On January 28th, Yuri Yudin became too ill to continue and turned back. Thanks to Dyatlov's journal, we know the hikers' next movements. On the night of January 31st, the group arrived at the base camp. They cached food and equipment for the return trip. On February 1st, the group made their way to the pass. Based on journal entries, it seems the plan was to cross the pass and make camp that night on the other side. Because the weather was so bad, the group lost their way. On the night of February 1st, 1959, the group set up camp on the eastern slopes of Holat Chakal, rather than attempt to get back to where they were supposed to be. This proved to be a fatal error. February 12th came and went without word to the sports club, and at first no one was concerned. By February 20th, however, there was still no word from the group, and their families were demanding answers. A search party was mounted. On February 26th, searchers found the Holat Chakal campsite, and they were astounded to discover it badly damaged and in disarray. Mikhail Sharavin was the student who found the tent. He said the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. Quickly, investigators set to work trying to piece together what had happened. The tent was cut open from the inside. There were nine sets of footprints around the camp, but all were bare prints, no shoes or boots. The footprints led to the edge of the wooded area where the camp had been. After about 1,640 feet from the camp, the footprints became covered with snow. At the edge of the wooded area, investigators found evidence that a fire had been lit. This is also where they found the first two bodies. 
Yuri Karivanyshenko and Yuri Doroshenko were shoeless and dressed only in their underwear. Branches about 16 feet or 5 meters up on the pine tree that they were near were broken. This suggests that maybe one of the hikers climbed up to get a better view, perhaps trying to find their way back to camp. Or maybe they were trying to get away from something. Between the pine tree and the camp, investigators found three more bodies. They think that Igor Dyatlov, Zinaida Kolomogorova, and Ruskiem Slobodin were trying to return to the warmth of the tent based on the way their bodies were positioned. They were found between 980 and 2,070 feet from the tree. The other four hikers continued to be missing for more than two months. Finally, on May 4, 1959, under 13 feet of snow and in a ravine 246 feet further into the woods from the pine trees, searchers found the bodies of Lyudmila Dubnina, Alexander Kolyavitov, Nikolai Tabo-Brignol, and Alexander Zolotaryov. These three hikers were in varying states of dress. Two of them were in better dress than the other hikers. Dubinina was wearing Karivanyshenko's burned and torn pants, and her left foot and shin were wrapped in a torn jacket. An inquest began as soon as the first five bodies were found. An autopsy found no evidence of trauma, and it was determined all five died of hypothermia. Slobodin did have a small, non-fatal crack in his skull. Once the other four bodies were found, the investigation shifted gears. Autopsies done on these hikers showed that three of them had fatal injuries. The injuries were so severe that a great force would have been required to make them, almost like being in a car crash. There were no external wounds associated with the fractures, meaning they would have had to have been created by a strong pressure force. Dubinina suffered from severe chest trauma, which caused internal bleeding, leading to her death. Zolotaryov also suffered from severe chest trauma that was great enough to kill him. Thibaut Brignol suffered from a fatal head trauma. The only one of the last four hikers found not to have suffered a great trauma was Kolabyatov, who died of hypothermia. All four of the bodies found in the creek in May had soft tissue damage to the head and face, but all of that damage was done post-mortem. Initially, some speculated that the local indigenous people, the Monsi, had attacked the hikers for encroaching on their lands. The government did interrogate several Monsi, but the fact that there were no footprints other than the hikers at the camp cleared them. The hikers also showed no sign of struggle. The Monsi are also a peaceful people who don't feel that they own any of the lands. It was extremely cold outside, negative 13 to negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit, and the winds were blowing strongly, but most of the hikers were only partially dressed. One theory is that the hikers suffered from severe hypothermia and experienced paradoxical undressing, which is when someone experiencing extreme hypothermia removes their clothing in an attempt to get warm. But why would they have cut their way out of the tent? Eventually, the inquest reached the conclusion that the hikers experienced a compelling force of nature, and that's what killed them. Because there was no guilty party, the inquest ended in May of 1959 without holding anyone responsible. The files related to the inquest were sent to a secretive archive. A number of theories have been put forth about what happened on that February night in 1959. Some believe the hikers suffered from the effects of hypothermia. 
Some think there was an avalanche, and that's what caused the hikers to cut their way out of the tent and flee into the night barely clothed. Some think maybe they crossed paths with a yeti, which would explain the crushing injuries. Yet others think maybe the hikers ran into extraterrestrials. In 2012, a scientific journal published a paper that explained the Dyatlov Pass incident as catabic winds, or winds that carry heavier air down using gravity, coming into the pass, creating the perfect storm for an avalanche. The tent was covered in snow when they found it, and this is something hikers commonly do during an avalanche to protect their gear. On April 12, 2018, Zolotarov's remains were exhumed. One expert who examined the remains said that his injuries resembled that of someone hit by a car. The DNA test didn't show him to be related to any of Zolotaryov's living relatives, but a facial reconstruction proved the remains to be that of Zolotaryov. In February 2019, the Russian government reopened the investigation. They considered three options, an avalanche, a slab avalanche, and a hurricane. They have now totally discounted the possibility of a crime being involved. What happened to the nine hikers camping in the slopes of Cholat Chakal on the night of February 1st, 1959? Were they attacked by aliens or a yeti? What sort of compelling force of nature would have caused experienced hikers to cut their way out of their tent and flee into deadly cold temperatures barely clothed? And what caused their injuries? What do you think? Thanks for listening to today's episode of That's Roddy Mysterious. I'm your host, Kelly with an I. Tune in next Tuesday for another thought-provoking tale.